on this episode of the ElfQuest Show podcast, a deep dive on Shenzhen. Welcome to the ElfQuest Show, the internet's only fan-made podcast series dedicated to the award-winning epic fantasy series ElfQuest, created by Wendy and Richard Peeney. My name is David Mizajewski, also known as my elf self Thornbreak, and I've been an ElfQuest fan for over 30 years. So join me as we explore the adventures of the Wolf Riders and all of their allies and enemies on the world of Two Moons and beyond. back everybody with this episode episode 40 of the elfquest show podcast i am launching what i'm hoping to be an entire series of episodes that are focused on specific characters now that we've had the tale of final quest told and we've really got a start middle and finish for the stories of many characters not that every single character had their complete story told in final quest but I feel like we're at a stage in ElfQuest fandom that we can really kind of understand in as much as we can hope to get of a 360 view of specific characters. And I want to dive into those characters, their backstories, and hopefully some insights from Wendy and Richard Peeney themselves on those characters. Everything from the inspiration and the influences that went into the creation of specific characters, the visual inspirations and reference points that Wendy put into the actual character designs, their function and role in the story from a storyteller's point of view, and really any other juicy bits of backstory and insight that nobody other than Wendy and Richard themselves know. And so with that, this episode is going to be focused on one of my favorite characters, a secondary character, Shen Shen. So let's get into it. Okay, let's talk Shen Shen. Oh my! <laughs> I'm really excited to kick off this whole series of character-focused ones on Shen Shen because Shen Shen is, is, is if nothing else, the um, the character that has to live under the you know the brighter star of other characters, and so I thought. Let's let's pull her out from kind of the secondary character status and really give her a focus. You know, Shen Shen started out as the little sister, and her character has gone a really long way since the very beginning. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts on like the little sister status and and really kind of what her origin of a you know as a character was when you first came up with her. Well, I never had a little sister, and the only idea I ever had about little sisters was what I saw in the movies when I was a kid and a teenager. And um, a personality like Shen Shen's would be one that I would have really enjoyed as a little sister. You know, kind of funny, kind of bouncy, a little bit of a pest, someone who made you giggle. Uh, that was the whole idea behind Shen Shen. And there was a little character in uh, a Toei animated movie from 1961, I believe it was, called Panda and the Magic Serpent. And this character's name was Xiao Qin, and, and she was the spirit of a fish. But she could also appear as a fairy. And, and typical of Chinese 
young girls, she had sort of two pigtails on top of her head. So with this sweet, funny little round face and smiling eyes and these two sort of pigtails on top of her head, that's where the design of Shen Shen came from. Okay, that, this is, again, exactly why I wanted to do this, because who knew, right? I, <laughs> one of the things I was going to ask you is, Shen Shen, where the heck did that name come from? Because it's a little bit interesting, it's, it's kind of unique. Well, Shen Shen could actually be a Chinese name. There, oh. there are Chinese names that are pronounced that way, but they're not spelled that way. Okay. So, Shen Shen, Xiao Qin, Shen Shen, again... The name Shen Shen's a little bit of a tribute to Xiao Qin. Yeah, there we go. Well, um, when I when we published this podcast and I uh, posted to the ElfQuest website, um, maybe I'll try to dig up some pictures of that character. I can certainly provide you with uh, pictures of Xiao Qin. Fantastic. All right, awesome. So there we have it. Now we know the origin of Shen Shen's name <laughs> and also her look. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I always saw the... Um, I mean, I took her pigtail look, again, to, just to be kind of part of, like, the American concept of Little Sister. Mm-hmm. Um, but fascinating to hear that it actually comes from from this this sort of Chinese character design. That's so, right. Yeah. That's right. It's not a hairstyle that I ever saw very often, the idea of the two pigtails on top and then the fall of curls as well. So it, it made her look interesting. So let's talk about her character design a little bit. Um, how much of her design was meant uh, to be like contrasting with Lita's? Well, you've kind of hit the nail on the head because when you want to create a, not a foil, but a character who's kind of like the gadfly, the little sister, the, the, the nudge, nudge, wink, wink kind of character to the more serious older sister who has all the problems. Um, you know, I really wanted Shen Shen to, in some ways, be a female pike and uh, to, to carry the sort of the same humorous energy as Pike had. So naturally, she had the round face and the pug nose and the smiling eyes. And uh, she was designed to look very much like she was a, a normal sun villager wearing typical female sun villager costume, but a little less fancy, a little plainer, and, and, and yet distinctive to herself. You know, she had certain elements to her costume, and I didn't want to make her quite as overtly sexy as Lita. So there were certain elements to her design that were a little blockier. Um, and all of those things combined to make her look um, less, um, well, I don't want to use the word harmless. You know, she's um, just uh, more approachable, more more okay. uh, friendly-like. Got it. Yeah. Interesting you say the blocky thing because... Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to observe comparing the two, you know, Shen Shen's a little bit more voluptuous. In a way, yeah. Lita is, is is obviously voluptuous, yes. but she's a little bit, um, well, you know, Lita has like the whole princess oh, vibe completely. going on, right? And Shen Shen is just a, a little bit off of that. You know, she's a little bit more, um, again, full figured, but, mm-hmm. but the, the blockishness, um, I never thought about that, but just like the design on her skirts yes, is very square. It is very square. And everything on Lita is very, you know, flowy for flowy. the most part. Exactly. So, uh, Shen Shen's not a dancer, and I didn't design her to look like she's a dancer. Uh-huh. She's There's a little bit of a peasant vibe to her. Yeah. 
and uh, all of that is intentional. So if Lita, you know, kind of has a feline quality to her. A little bit, yes. Um, Shen Shen, um, and you're going to immediately know why I say this, to me, has a little bit of like a quail in her. And so quail. I say that um, because for everybody listening, um, we were just walking Wendy's dogs and spooked some quail. And they have this kind of roundness to them and this skittering, tittering thing going on <laughs> that I just ought to, like, as we're talking, I'm thinking of Shen Shen. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I think of, <laughs> uh, again, going back to the Shao Chin character, one of the things the animators did with her was had her cock her head almost like a puppy. She would, when she was happy, her head would wag from side to side and she would smile. And um, so I tried to kind of put that into Shen Shen's personality. You, you usually see her with a little bit of a cocked head. Yes, definitely. And yeah. that adds totally to her sort of, her sassy slash comic vibe, for yeah. sure. So her character obviously evolved over the course of the story. Oh, yes, it had to. But interesting, um, interestingly, it took a long time to get there with her. Yes. You know, I mean, she she really kind of emerged in the very beginning. And then once mm-hmm. the Wolf Riders left on their quest in the original quest, you know, there was, wasn't much that she did for the rest mm-hmm. of that tale. Same thing with Siege of Blue Mountain. Yes. But in Kings of the Broken Wheel. You brought her back in yes. Kings of the Broken Wheel. So talk about that choice when, when Tamayn is picking the characters to go on this next adventure. Um, you obviously, you picked Shen Shen. There had to be a reason. Warmth. I, uh, Kings of the Broken Wheel, I knew was going to be a rather gloomy story. And we were going to have Pike along, of course, but uh, but I knew he was going to go through some stuff. And uh, so Shen Shen was there for warmth. And she became part of the Pike, Chot, uh, Krim. Scott. For, oh, pardon, <laughs> Chot! What's the matter with me? Pike, Scott, Krim. Uh, uh, Relationship. Foursome. Sure. And, um, you know, they just all seem to blend together very well. Uh, just like Pike kind of takes to go back, so I think Shen Shen did too. Mm-hmm. That whole peasant stock kind of vibe, they, they hum at the same level. And um, Shen Shen was there for warmth and friendliness and just to be one of those characters that didn't carry a burden of too much gloomy emotion. Uh, she could react. And she was also there to be like a constant reminder of Lita, who was missing. That's what I was going to ask about, if yeah. that was a deliberate thing. Cause oh, I, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I imagine any time Cutter got around her, there would be that, you know, because Cutter's still a wolf rider, he would catch the scent on Shen Shen, who shared blood with her sister. Right. And so being around Shen Shen would be like the closest thing he could have. Right. to being around Lita while she was missing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest with you. It wasn't until the the role that we saw her play, and again, it was fairly minimal in Kings of the Broken Wheel, that personally I started to kind of like Shen Shen. Like, I never, oh. never disliked her, but she just didn't do anything for me. She was just kind of secondary. Yeah, she yeah. was just kind of secondary. And, yeah. of course, you know, like, I loved her, you know, her sassiness and her yes. comment about... You know, fetching lizard eggs before the desert grows too hot. Giggle, giggle, <laughs> giggle. Right. But, um, yeah, there really wasn't much else there. But once we saw her, you know, I mean, she stepped out of her own comfort zone. Yeah. And I think, you know, I mean, one of the one of the things that I took from that era of ElfQuest that I think you guys put in there deliberately was that, you know, the Sunfolk had been so sheltered 
in a similar way to the gliders, maybe. Yes. And it was the the arrival of Cutter and the Wolf Riders that kind of shook them up and breathed, in their case, a little bit more life and yes. energy and, and uh, bravery back into them. Yes, and of course, Shenshen having to adapt to the forest uh, was a challenge that she met. Uh, she did not seem to be a fish out of water, uh, but then again, she was not in Lita's shadow at that point, and she could grow uh, a bit more into her own person, facing the new environment, facing the things that they had to go through for those 500 years. Yeah. It, I mean, she lived most of her life in the woods. Yeah, exactly so. And so, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about. And and I really like how... No, but how... do remember that all the sun folk were raised with Sava's stories about the rootless ones and the forest. Yeah. They, all, they all knew of the green growing place. Mm -hmm. So this was not a fearful thing for Shen. Well, I meant like climbing up one of those giant trees mm. with never having climbed a tree before. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, what I was going to say is I love that you included that in... Um, you know, in the scene where Red Lance is shaping the new Holt, mm -hmm. and you, there's that one picture of Shen Chen like standing like wobbly on the tree, <laughs> and so I, you know, you didn't really go into it, but like you could tell she was like, oh, okay, like uh, I hope I don't fall. <laughs> yeah, it has to take a while to be an expert. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but um, but yeah, it was it was the you know obviously the very heart wrenching panel of her with Scott and Cram and Pike and yeah. and their their you know little cub that didn't make it. Mm -hmm. um, that immediately, it was heartwarming. And, you know, that kind of little character development, the fact that, mm -hmm. that she kind of had this tryst with the other three and they were kind of, you know, foursome, probably living very similar to the way that Shen Shen lived in the Sun Village in a, well, in a hut full of other love mates. Right? I, absolutely. We knew Shen Shen was into multiples <laughs> from a long time ago. Oh, yeah. And this was very normal for her. Another reason why we love her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that scene, um, and then of course her relationship with old Maggoty, which we, yes. we didn't really see, I guess we really kind of got introduced to that. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember if there was a reference to that in Kings, but definitely in Dreamtime. Yes. When we kind of delved into that relationship head on mm -hmm. in her, in her dream story where she visits, um, you know, old Maggoty and, and old Maggoty is old Maggoty and their relationship is just pure magic. You know, she, like, Shen Shen can do no right. She's just like she treats Picknos, you know. You're, you're a waste of air. Like, don't bother me, you know. And so that well, is, there's something endearing about it. I don't know. Well, that's how old Maggoty treats people she likes, mm -hmm. actually. You know, if she gives you a really hard time, right. she, she kind of likes you. <laughs> she must love Shen Shen then. <laughs> <laughs> well, haven't you known people like that who just test oh. you and oh, test absolutely. you and test you? Absolutely, and, yeah. And then they admire you for for standing up to them? Yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, she, and Maggie wants to see if you can stand up to her. And if you can, which Shen Shen did, mm -hmm. and hung in there, then she will share her and of course, the relationship with Maggoty and Shen Shen really went all the way through until the end of the final quest, where you have one of probably my most favorite little interactions in the entire freaking series. Really? And that is when um, they're in the palace and they're prepping to leave. And Maggoty says to Shen Shen something like, I hope you have all the ingredients because now you're too ugly for me to even talk to you <laughs> when she's in her human form. And it was just so classic. <laughs> 
I had so much fun doing that. So much fun. Yes, Maggie had to give her a hard time for that. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, let's talk about that, about this, you know, the final evolution of Shen Chen, mm-hmm. you know, from the, 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 the foreshadowing from her dream about it shining. Started, it, it started with the dream. Okay. Uh, when in her dream, Talit turns over and offers a five-fingered hand. That's the beginning, the seed of, of Shen Shen beginning to realize that she would rather be part of the cycle of life and contribute to helping things be born than she would to actually having children of her own. That's, that's the beginning, is in dream time. Okay, that's what I was going to ask about, yeah. because, you know, in earlier in Final Quest, when you, when Shen Shen first kind of makes her entrance, um, it's it's her talking about that. Like, I, she says something like, I, you know, I, I don't need to have my own cubs, but what draws me and, and kind of sparks my fire is bringing life into the world. And, yes. you know, she had been a midwife for however many yeah, centuries that before her, that. But. That was her thing. I mean, she rarely got to do it in yeah. the Sun Village, but, but that was her thing. Yeah. She had a knack for it. And so that always seemed like a natural, um, a natural thing because, I mean, she, like her sister's a healer and, and it just seems like there's like this, this vein of, of life giving and life bringing yes. in their family, yes. um, which I thought was a, a kind of a nice symmetry, but like just different enough. And also Lisa. hence uh, Shen Shen's interest in herbs and brews and medicines, right. which she got a lot of learning from old Maggoty. Yeah. Uh, Shen Shen's not, one who can heal, uh, do energy healing with her hands, but she can be awful smart about, um, you know, just tonics and medicines yeah, and yeah. things like that. Well, I mean, you know, if, if old Maggoty is the, is the, you know, the, the epitome of the old crone, witch. Oh, Shen classic Shen, hag. Yeah. Shen Shen is kind of the Glinda archetype. Well, the, the, yes. The pretty, you know, sort of bubbly witch. Yes, you know? yes. Well, designing Shen Shen as a human was a lot of fun. Well, let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, I really took the basic face, uh, shape of her face and thought, okay, now how do I, what are the various things I need to do to humanize this? And I thought of it from the, the, the skull bones out, you know. It had to be elongated a little bit, but how to, how to keep the roundness without making her look like a cartoon? She needed to look more realistic, and at the same time had to be absolutely recognizably Shenshen. So the the continuation of her personality was going to be more in her body language than it was going to be in her human looks. You know, she's a she's a very sweet looking human girl. She's not a knockout. She's just really really pleasant to look at yeah charming you know a little bit shirley temple almost when shirley temple was a teenager okay (laughs) (laughs) and um you know just warm again the warmth shen shen's just a very warm character and that's not something that would ever change about her yeah well it's nice that there are some things that are constant you know Mm -hmm. And, and especially i would say for maybe a secondary character it's nice that um, again, just to have that something reliable, you know, as you yes. as, as as the the cast A gets put through the meat grinder, yes. and you never know what they're gonna come out as at the end. It's kind of nice and reassuring to know that there's you know there's always gonna be 
a, a Shenzhen or a Pike or, you know. Well, um, interestingly enough, now we wanted to make some elements of the Forever Green stories canon. Right. Some of them we couldn't, but some, some we did. And I think we made it clear what we felt really worked. Yes. Because some of it went off the rails, but, you know, that's <laughs> another story. Um, and, of course, Shenzhen was used uh, by the folks who worked on Forever Green, uh, and they saw her as kind of an anti Right. Figure, but at the same time, they wanted to play with the idea that she could be more warlike, like she could, you know, with some of her wolf rider influence, she knew how to take care of herself in the jungle. Right, a little more yeah. adventurous. A little more adventurous, and it it was nice to see her played with like that. But I thought what was lost was the warmth, mm-hmm. and you know, it was great to get her back and and warm her up again, so that she. Yeah. She was the Shinchen that I recognized. Yeah. Yeah. So Absolutely. Well, yeah. you know, you were mentioning the using her body language yeah. as a way to convey her personality and character even in human form. Yeah. And I can't think of a better example of that than when um at the big celebration in the Holt, um, when Du Bois is trying to make oh. overtures towards her because she's in human shape and she <laughs> completely shuts him down. Flattens him. And that two that two panel progression where she's kind of just kind of looking down her nose and shaking her mm-hmm. head like you silly fool. And then she walks away and she flicks the blanket over his head. Oh yes. It's just pure I mean that that's the same Shen Chen who was kind of snickering with her girlfriends over the you yes. know the, the day growing too hot because mm-hmm. of Lita and Cutter, you know, kind of steaming it up. So um, so yeah, I think, I think you, you achieved what you were going for there. Well, the, the way Shen Shen differs from the classic, uh, little sister stereotype of being jealous of her older sister is usually you see the little sister being jealous of the fact that the older sister has all the boyfriends and she's more beautiful. And that's, that's a real stereotype. So I decided, no, Shen Shen has tons of confidence when it comes to the boys. Uh, you know, that's never been a problem for yeah. her. Uh, <laughs> you know, just wrap them right around her oh, little yeah. finger. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm going back to dream time too. Mm-hmm. Um, when after Cutter, you know, forgives Scott when he goes submissive and, Scott's like, woo, and he like runs off and he basically just throws his arms around Talit and Shen oh. Shen is like, let's go celebrate. Oh yeah, and throws them right over. And Shen shoulder. Shen's like, sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> Talit's like, eh, not right now. But <laughs> <laughs> what else? I mean, is there anything that we don't know about Shen Shen, a personality trait or Well, once we pair her off with Shuna, because because Shen Shen decided if I go on travels with Shuna. If I'd become her traveling companion, the opportunities to bring life, whether it's animals or, or humans, I mean, it, nowhere but in the human community would she find so many opportunities to bring life and to save life and to use all her medicinal skills in addition to her midwifery. Um, so these were all real strong motivations for her to, to pair off with Shuna. And uh, so you have something, again, that's a little bit unusual for high fantasy, which is two female traveling companions. Um, and the one is part human, part elf, and the other, Shuna, was born human, 
but is slowly, slowly acquiring certain elfin characteristics. Right. So we have this sort of interesting dynamic going yeah, on. Yeah, that's interesting. I never thought yeah. about it that way. Yeah. Um, what's interesting, too, is Shenzhen made that choice because she knew that the humans would react negatively to the sight of elves. Sure. And um, well, it couldn't it couldn't be predicted. I, I think she knew by that time that there were some humans who were friendly and some weren't. But if she presented as human altogether, mm-hmm. she she would have a better shot at, yeah. at getting involved with them intimately, because what can be more intimate than than illness or childbirth? Yeah. And well, what I was going to say is at the end of Final Quest and in, in that beautiful, very last page mm-hmm. where we see kind of 16 years later, um, Shen Shen's still in human form. Yes, she Even is. Even though, obviously, the insect tribes are comfortable with the idea of elves yes. and know about them. And I think that's also very telling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, just sort of like a message, uh, such a positive message about growing into who you are. Yes. And, and that change is okay and that you don't always have to stay the same or try to get back to what you were before. That sometimes it's okay to evolve and become the new you. And embrace that. Yes. Oh, yeah. And that's what I took out of all that. Well, you've got it. I mean, uh, her character arc is that she goes from being what could essentially be a stereotypical pesty little sister. She grows through that to it it being looked into about her feelings of being in Lita's shadow. Not for the stereotypical reasons of, oh, Lita gets all the boys and I'm, you know... Uh, Shen Shen definitely passes the Bechdel test. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't. You know, moon about guys. Yeah. She moons about her, her wholeness. Her what makes me feel. Where do, where do I shine? Where I love. Which which um, I was totally clueless what that meant mm. when you introduced it in Dreamtime. And however many years later, what probably 15, 20 years later, mm-hmm. you finally had Kimo actually explain it in the very beginning of Final Quest when he changes into a wolf and he says, um, or maybe, actually maybe it's it's Shen Shen who is explaining it to Kimo. I, I can't remember the exact dialogue in that scene, but mm-hmm. finally when you kind of said it directly, like shining where you love is making the choice to do what you love and 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 be be good at it and enjoy it and embrace it. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, shining is uh you know, when you are happy, you are humming and you glow mm-hmm. and people can see it. People will say you're glowing. You look glowingly happy. You know, so shining where you love just really means being happy. Yeah. And and where you love is what your passion is. Right. That's your bliss. And that's the part that never really made full sense to me until the final quest and you kind of explained mm-hmm. it. Because it could have been a place. Go mm-hmm. to the place, you know, that you love so you can shine there. Sure. Shine well, where you love. And, because of the use of the word where, Right. If you take, course. If you interpret it a little bit more literally, which yeah. is what I was, uh, where my brain was going. But that didn't make sense either. Mm-hmm. So so thanks for explaining well, it. Well, <laughs> and it's a kind of a feminine way of putting things. Yeah. You know? Well, yeah, it's um very in line with... Um, with fantasy, you know, it's kind of a, it's an elfin way of saying something. I think so. Yeah. Because even when they're not, I mean, uh, I don't think Shen Shen was really aware of vibration and humming and how important it is to them 
uh, until, you know, getting around the Kings of the Broken Wheel yeah. uh, time in the story. And uh, I, I think she gradually became more aware of, you know, I, perhaps the word shining also relates to the, to the word hum for her, you know, just, just vibrating with life, mm-hmm. vibrating with happiness that you're doing what makes you happy. Right. And, and interesting then that if she kind of came to know the hum, but then still chose to not, you know, go the path of the rest of the sun folk and, oh, yeah. and, and go to that highest level of the hum and become right. a high one and leave the planet. She chose to be, to stay grounded. And I guess, again, the message that I get there is that she, she found where she loved. Well, I think uh, that uh, Shen Shen's transformation scene is one of my favorite uh, sections of Final Quest because I really, really had a great chance to show the deep love between these two sisters. I love that, Because yes. Lita is like, oh, I'm going to miss this vase so much. You know, Lita, Lita knew she could put her hands on Shen Shen and shape her uh, in in the way that Shen Shen would look if she were human. It was kind of, I don't know if you could say Lita visualized it, but she knew what to do. Mm-hmm. But she also knew that face was going to change. Yeah. And she loved that face. Of so course. Much. We all love that face. I actually, <laughs> I miss, I miss Shen Shen's elf face uh-huh. as well. But, and that's why I, but that's why I can say, like, I'm happy for her as a character and yeah. her choice. Well, I mean, in a way, um, there's a parallel that you can draw with, with Equar choosing to stay. Yes. You know, how, how, you know, his body was mutilated by the trolls because yes. he found, what does he say? I know who I am. You know, I don't, I don't need to be anything other than what I am right now. Uh-huh. And I, in a way there, there's kind of a similarity there with Shen Shen. Like, I think so. Um, I, not everybody wants to go higher home. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, I mean, even just her appearance, I mean, Mender in theory could probably, shape her back, um, you know, into an elf form if she really wanted it. Mm-hmm. Or Lita. I mean, you know. Oh, that's Shenzhen's, right. Yeah. Lita's still around. I'm forgetting. <laughs> Lita's mother mem- memory. Yeah. So it's yeah. surely she could do it. Right. So, but, but you know, Shen Shen doesn't need that. She doesn't no. need to look like an elf. Yeah. No. And again, I think that, um, you know, again, the, the, the message of that final page, a final quest of Shuna's narrative about living together and, finding the best way possible to be the best that we can be. Well, yeah, just treating each other as yeah. well as we can. I mean, But not just other elves. You know, yeah. you have humans, you've got trolls, you know, yeah. and so in that scene. And so it's kind of the, uh, again, to me, another kind of visual reminder of that. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to be an elf to be the best you can be or worthy right. of, of, of being treated well. You know, you That's can right. be a human. You can be a troll. And Lord knows what well, else is out there. Well, right from the beginning, we never set the elves up as perfect beings, and we never set them up as um, a goal to be reached. That, like, oh, we we humans should all become more like the elves mm-hmm. because they're better than we are. We never put that mag- message forward in ElfQuest ever. And the final, the final page, and what you're bringing up is that um, we're looking at people who regard each other as equals despite their differences Mm -hmm. and uh at on the first page of elf quest we're looking at a literal burning at the stake we're looking at racial prejudice and religious bigotry 
destroying what it can't understand or accept. Yes. But that's that's how ElfQuest starts with that message, that that's what can happen. And then we evolve through the story so that the final page is absolutely the opposite of that, which is inclusivity, acceptance. We are all in this together, guys. So let's all treat each other as well as we can. You know, let's not try to be paragons, but let's just do the best we can. And I think that's a, a perfect way to, to, to end this, because the very fact that you included Shen Shen in that scene. Yes. Um, and in human form. Yes. Is, 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 is exactly what I was just trying to say. Like, you've used her as such an effective symbol of all of that. And, and again, the fact that, again, a secondary character can still be that strong and powerful in the the both the narrative and the the visual storytelling. Yes. Is I, again, it's a perfect example of the brilliance of ElfQuest. Oh, thank you, David. And as usual, you have hit the nail on the head because if any elf on that page represents the acceptance of both human and elf as as being able to coexist, well, they coexist within Shen Shen herself, and she's a symbol of that. I think that's awesome. All right. Unless you have any other juicy tidbit or insight into the character, I think maybe we'll leave it at that. And um, I'm actually hoping that these podcasts will really incite a lot of discussion online um, about these characters and that maybe uh, some of what we've talked about will really get people really thinking a little bit more deeply maybe about the, the characters of ElfQuest that we see on the page and we know their story, but they're still so much more to them. Oh, there is so much more to them. And, and we really wanted that last page to give people a feeling of there's so much more story to come uh, for all of these characters. You, you might not see all of those individual stories, but they, they all have futures. Well, that is incredibly exciting. And I'm just going to leave it there and let everybody drool at home. So, <laughs> Well, thank you, David. I really enjoyed talking about Shen Shen. Me too. And I'm excited to do this with more characters. So I hope you're up for it. You got a date. Excellent. Well, that's it for another episode of the ElfQuest Show podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and leave a review on iTunes or whatever platform you use to listen. It really helps get more exposure for ElfQuest. Join the discussion about this episode and all things ElfQuest on Facebook in the ElfQuest fan group. You can also follow ElfQuest the official page there, and on Twitter, follow at ElfQuest, and Instagram, follow at ElfQuest Comics. Head to ElfQuest.com for links to all of these social media groups and to read free online comics. Get official ElfQuest merchandise, read hundreds of character bios, make your own cool ElfQuest avatar, and tons of other amazing ElfQuest stuff. ElfQuest is published by Dark Horse Comics in both print and digital editions. Visit your local comic shop or bookstore and ask for ElfQuest. Or head to digital.darkhorse.com or comicsology.com for instant downloads. Until next time, shade and sweet water.